This is a very special bonus episode of Sounds Like Adventure, an actual play podcast all about fun roleplay, short runtimes, and great sound design. I'm your host and DM, Jack Trainer, and today let's take a look behind the scenes. Hello and welcome. It's a very special bonus episode, part two of our Q&A series. And this time, as promised, I have been joined by Chai and Jacob. Jacob, how are you? Good, good. Chai, welcome. How's things? Uh, Very good. Thank you. It's a special bonus episode, so it's a casual one. I'm going to crack this beer even. Let's hear the beer sound. Oh, there we go. Japanese beer sounds a bit different than the Australian ones. You can tell because it says oishi when you open it. Um, <laughs> Place a little jingle. As Jack daintily sips from his can. Did I put my pinky up? Is that you why did? you said dainty? <laughs> you actually I can't like help it. it. I just do it, right? Just a fancy like voice. An, you're like an old English woman with tea, but you're an Aussie bloke with beer. I hate tea. I only drink beer. <laughs> You know, you, do you know what the pinky signifies? Just like fanciness? No, it was, a, it was to signify who had syphilis in like old Victorian era. Well, well you know, still <laughs> accurate. Um, anyway. Still relevant. Yep. Cool. So um, we are doing a Q&A episode this week. So last week uh, we had some, we fell prey to the standard tabletop game issue and we had some uh, scheduling issues. Definitely chose so that <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> me going to Japan and becoming extremely unavailable immediately. Oh, I was busy. So I was busy. It's like uh, Christmas, New Year's. Gooch week. Did you say gooch week? <laughs> yeah, gooch week. It's a tricky week. The space between Christmas and New Year's. It's like, do you take those days off? Do you get stuck at work on those days? That's the that's the, the joy of gooch week. Oh, um, so, uh, yeah, so last week we, we weren't able to record our planned episode. So here we are, let's do it this week. And we wanted to start out by sort of handing you guys the floor, giving you the chance to ask any remaining questions that you might have of me um, that we didn't answer during season one. Um, so, yeah, we've already started recording season two, I guess. So some of this is you, you'll know some things and uh, we'll have to obviously keep quiet about season two related stuff. Um, but, yeah, I'll open the floor. Jacob, you look like you're champing at the bit over there. Yes. So I have or I have I have a few at least things that like we did in season one that I now listening back to it, I'm like, Fuck, why don't we why don't we venture on that? What's what's the go there? The one that sticks out to me the most, are we ever going to find out who the guy that Indifference Jones gank in the museum was? Um, (laughs) uh, That's a good question. Um, No. Okay, because the the reason (laughs) I ask, though, is because, like, he obviously knew about the Brunei symbol. He knew about the puzzle. So there was, like, there was pieces there for us to hook to. And I'm like, did you have a plan for that? Or was that just like red herring 
wow, I didn't realise how much on blast I would be put on these questions all of a sudden. Did I have a plan for that character? That was a big one. Um, look, uh, uh, you've given me a lot of things to think about is what I will say in response okay. to that. You've given me some things to think about, that's for sure. Um, but uh, that character served its purpose is, is what I'll say. That character had a role to play um, and it played its role to perfection. His role was getting gank. You could say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chai, you got a question? Yeah. It's like more existential than game related. Let's say, let's say focus. So we go into the museum. We have some adventures. And what the hell happened to like the real matchy horticulturist where what where where are they so i've thought about this a lot by the way and um this is it's something that we're going to have to pay off in some way um but I, look i'll tell you what is not going to happen but would be very very funny if it did happen if at some point we do a second story that is in uh the world of ethel grove and um at some point Major Horticulturan Susan Scones is doing a talk um, and then the new characters walk past <laughs> that character and it's still Otis. <laughs> it would be so unbelievably funny. Um, so he's just getting like people recognize him and he just gets roped. <laughs> he's, and he's just and constantly trying to escape from it. He just can't extricate himself. Because of awkwardness. It's honestly so on par for Otis. That's like his entire character is built around him being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like it's, yeah. It's a great idea. Um, Jacob, you said you had more questions. I do. Okay. So the, the next one, um, how do you have an idea of how many seasons the McCumbers are going to go? And do, do, and do you have an end goal? Like, do you have a grand plan in mind, at least like a framework plan for end game? Absolutely. End goal in oh. mind. We are working towards the solution of what happened to the rune. I can definitely tell you that. By the end of the Macumbra story, we will know what happened to the Runei and all of like the key unanswered questions involved in that central mystery will get solved. Okay. Absolutely. In this so we're see May there be other things that don't get solved that we want to hear more about at some stage in the future? Who can tell? Who could possibly know? Not me. I'm just a guy. Um, but uh, how many seasons? Oh, that's a rough one. Next season, like we said previously, like Riker gets his beard for this season. So like we're turning it up. Stuff's going to happen. This mystery is going to be moved forward in some pretty drastic ways. Um, so I can't tell you how many seasons it's going to be because I don't really know to tell you the truth. Um, but I can tell you that the next season is going to have some really meaningful stuff happening, um, where you're not going to come away from this being like, man, they really kicked the can down the road for another season. That's not going to happen this time. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. I, I, yeah. Makes me excited. Any other questions? No, no. 
I'm good, I'm good. All right. So we've been soliciting questions on all our social media pages um, and we've received so many great questions. I answered three of them last week, some of the bigger ones, but we have some really fun ones that we want to go through today. So I'll jump in, I'll tell you the first one, but we'll take turns reading these out. So this is uh, from Barbara Farletti on Instagram um, and it's a really common question. Everyone wants to know it. It's like one of the main things that we often talk about on The Table Business, the other podcast, is... How do we all get into d and I, I have played D&D off and on most of, Chris is about 20 years old, so like 10-ish years now. But I think most of it, I started watching, I think it was Dice Camera Action on the Dungeons & Dragons channel with like Anna Prosser and Nate Wants to Battle and stuff. I listened to that at work for a long time. And then I've read it, looking for game, found a local game, and just started playing. Didn't you say that like you blew up your own first party in your first game? Yeah, 100%. No, no. So the first, <laughs> the first session I ever played, my introduction to the campaign was my character got swapped with the character who had left their party that I filled the position for. So like their character got swapped <laughs> with me in like a teleporty accident thing. So I didn't know any of these people or anything like that. It was like the middle of combat and I decided to use Shatter um, <laughs> to kill the enemies that were around us but also not caring about the party. Um, immediately got very uh, a lot of disdain from <laughs> some of the long-standing players in that game. Um, <laughs> I've, I've learned how to rein it in since then. <laughs> <laughs> Like that you're just like appearing as a guest appearance, just murder everybody. Yeah, we just great. We've all done it. We've all made that the 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 cardinal sin of it's just what my character would do. Um I've told you guys how my first experience was. So because like one of the like the big things you shouldn't be doing is not care about your party, do bad things to your party. So my First experience playing D and D myself. I just listened to some Dragonlance book, and they have a Kenda <laughs> and a Kenda who steals like from their party, and I thought that was super funny, <laughs> but it's like super annoying. <laughs> like the DM like very wisely said like, like we we won't do that with the people that I played in that first um, campaign. I played a bunch more D and D like with other people DMing. Like some of them DM'd and then I DM'd a bit and but that's how I got into D and D and I kind of like I really like it like it's uh, just like drop off this planet and dive into a different one different world. But let's move on to the next question. Um, so Chai, I want you to read this one out. This one's also from Crispy O Four. Oh no, this one is from Crispy O Four on Instagram. This is his first one from us. Jack, do you do you regret? Not killing us, not finish, finishing us up in the menagerie, adding our bones to the collection. God, every, every day I regret not killing you guys. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Um, look, the dice, the dice roll how they may. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm exceedingly happy with how the dice rolled in that session um, because we got 
right up to the wire in terms of you guys dying in that one. Um, and like, we didn't fudge roles. I had certain moments planned in where once the Triceratops passed certain health gates, like legs started to break, bones started to collapse. So it all played out exactly the way I was hoping it would play out. So no, no regrets at all really about how that was going. And I'd have to be a bit of an asshole to be like, yeah, I wanted to kill the two main characters of my actual play podcast <laughs> right away. First season. That would have been such a great ending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that like, so good. Podcast over. We're, they're dead. Uh, sorry. <laughs> One season. Oh, I had a whole plan, but they died. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> and I just have seasons with new characters to get involved. Like They keep dying at the end of every season. <laughs> yeah, they just kill them off. <laughs> every season in different strands takes some new victims to the Triceratops. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be? That That sounds like a fun podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Indifference Jones is the main character at that stage. Um, Jacob, let's go to you for the next question. This one's from Sociocerebral. Uh, yes. So uh, he asked, Chai, how would you express yourself differently if you were playing in German, like in your native German? Do you think you would play differently? Do you think that that affects how you play? Yeah, I would be way more funny. <laughs> Germans known for their humor. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even funny in English. Like, I don't understand jokes. So I figure you would probably sound a fair bit different if you played in, in German, like mostly because you'd be speaking German. <laughs> really? Oh. Now I'll do the, the this one, question four, this one coming in from Crispy as well. Uh, what do you guys do away from the table? Le work, study, play? Um, so we know a little bit about me already. I'm an executive producer at uh, a podcasting agency. Um, and yeah, I worked in the media for quite a long time, um, over a decade in the radio industry and the audio world. Um, so yeah, that's a bit about me. Um, but also I split my time in between Australia and Japan. Um, my family, uh, my wife and my daughter live in, um, Japan. Um, at the moment and I'm in Australia for work. So I go back and forth a little bit. So you might see bits and pieces, me saying, Hey, uh, I'm in Japan at the moment and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's why. Um, but Jacob, what do you get up to outside of sounds like adventure? Well, I work a nine to five, like everyone else, uh, most of the time But yeah, I, I'm just a ADHD gremlin. So my time is split up amongst whatever hyperfixation I'm on at the moment or 7 million different things. And then, I mean, usually I'd be skateboarding, but injuries as skateboarding brings, uh, nothing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we're old now. Yeah. But you have like quite a long background skating, yeah? Yeah. So I've, oh, geez, I've been skateboarding for 16-ish years, 16, 17 years. So I, I was sponsored technically basically that was i i got free gear like i got sk skateboards i got shoes i got uh, like apparel and stuff like that but that and that lasted me a long time too so like it was it was a very big like shock to have to start buying my own clothes at some point <laughs> being like wait i have to decide these things that i just get given a box they um, just come anymore that it just yeah. arrived here um but no no i just i just skate because it gets me out of the house and it's cheaper than therapy. 
<laughs> Depending. Or maybe not if we add all these costs for these ankle injuries you're working through at the moment. Well, yeah. Um, fair, but... <laughs> um, but yeah. You're actually good, basically, is the headline. Like, I think you're probably, you, you'd probably be very hesitant to say that, but I think you're actually good at skating. <laughs> I think was good is the, is, the, <laughs> is, the, is the key there. But yeah, you have like some cool tricks, some cool moments. Um, so yeah, we'll have to share some of your stuff at some stage. I think people would be interested to see young Jacob <laughs> destroying to, his I, ankles. <laughs> just, yeah, just, um, I would have to dig through a lot of... A lot of Let's do it. Let's bring it up. I think people need to know that no, you, you, were, you were the real deal. That's that's um, that's a long time ago now. <laughs> uh, and Chai, what do you get up to outside of D and D? I like outdoor stuff, so hiking, camping is okay. Um, but climbing, climbing is probably my my favorite thing to do outside of the house. I am currently building audio devices as well. So I joined the world of audio in a very different field. So I built like audio recorders, which is a lot of fun. Other than that, I'm uh, playing Baldur's Gate, like half the world. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I got my partner hooked on it. I'm so jealous right now that you've managed to have time to play Baldur's Gate 3. I don't know how you were fitting it in. It was so bad because like, because so, so me and Jack, me and Jack had an agreement of like, we'd, we'd experience it together and do like the co-op story and, and go through it, experience it all together. And neither of us have had the time to download it or anything. <laughs> Yeah, we were fully planning on getting it when I came back from Japan last time before Sounds Like Adventure came out. We had a whole thing like we're going to get Starfield first. We're going to play Starfield for a while. I think it's what it was is Starfield just took the wind right out of our sails for video yeah. games basically. We're just like, oh, what? We sat there for a good two or three hours that night just just ripping Over Starfield a couple of days. We tried, we tried our best over a couple of days with Starfield. Uh, so let's go to the next one. Um, Jacob, you can take this one. This one's also from Sociocerebral. Okay. Um, he says, I rolled in at 20 on my history check on the origin story of the Hall of Electric Curiosities. So how much, how much can you tell us, Jack? What's... I'm going to need to see those dice. I'm going to need to see this roll. Let me see it. I need to verify you've got a nat 20 on your history check. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Um, I can tell you something about the Hall of Electric Curiosity, uh, but I can't tell you too much um, because uh, a lot of it is unknown. Um, so um, the big story, you'll notice in the very beginning of Sounds Like Adventure, um, the very first thing, one of the very first things in the set in the very first episodes even, talks about a museum that appeared as if from nowhere. That's one of our first things that we say about Ethel Grove. Um, and that's true, basically, is that there's this museum that is in Ethel Grove and we'll find out more and more about this in season two, but I can let you know that Ethel Grove is like a very weird city in some ways. It's like we started out in a museum, right? Um, and that's not 
like to say that like this is a museum this is one place that they look at art but like art and culture and things like that are very highly revered and focused on in ethel grove like it's a big part of society are like cultural pursuits that's why the fact that this museum only opens once a year so many people go all those different types of things are happening there so that's relevant. And then in addition to that, there is like quite a elaborate and like esoteric government structure for Ethel Grove as well, um, where there's all these various different eccentric departments running various different things. There's a whole public election mechanism that is like very complicated and, and entertaining um, and almost like <laughs> completely unsustainable and only works in the context of a funny show. But let's not worry about that. Um, it's, all, it is all there. I, all I heard was Susan Skane's president. it's all open um no that is not true um so um there is like this there's all these different government departments and there's lots of government oversight in ethel grove um because of the so many different things so many different people running different things but the museum the hall of electric curiosity is like this total outlier within the ethel grove space it is not overseen by any portion of government and all the people within it and who are running essentially what is happening within the museum are completely independent of any government oversight in any way, shape or form. So they're this just like weird rogue operators that no one knows what they're really up to um, or what they're really doing behind the scenes. It's all just them sort of acting in their own esoteric interests, which they don't really reveal to anyone. So for most people... They just view the Hall of Electric Curiosity as the museum that's in Ethel Grove. But for people who know who are in the government or who are, you know, probably high up in the Runei, not mem- not members like Otis and Seahawk, they would have no idea like this. They know that there is some weird stuff going on there and um, it's probably worth either steering clear and letting them do their own thing or doing some further investigation. So that's what I'll say about uh, the Hall of Electric Curiosity. Um, So um, anyway, uh, so let's go to next question here. So this one's coming from um, one of our listeners in Japan. Um, We're currently at number one um, in the comedy fiction charts in Japan. Um, Shout out to us. So and. And, yeah, shout out to some of the many uh, Japanese listeners who are listening to the show. Where are you, by the way? I'm in Japan right now. I want to find people to play tabletop games with. Can't find anyone, but there are people listening to Sounds Like Adventure, so shout out to you guys. Uh, but, Chai, can you ask this question that, that Yuka asked? All right. Uh, this question is from Yuka in Japan, and she was interested in whether or not we're furries. <laughs> are you guys furries is what she asked. Very direct. Um, no. <laughs> we, so well, we did already broach this subject amongst ourselves. 
being like, so before we dive in to this, before we break it all down, can we just say, can we just say we're not kink shaming anyone? If you're a furry, that's that's totally fine. And there's nothing wrong with being a furry. Um, but no, we are not ourselves individually furries. And we could see how you would think that by yeah. looking at our page. Um so so we we were talking about this amongst ourselves because of the dungeons and daddies uh Mm. thing that happened and how yeah. they got in the whole daddy don sub community yeah the thing. bdsm community yeah and they got mistaken in that and we're mm. like do you reckon that'll happen to us with fairies and here we are answering a question about fairies <laughs> so yes yeah, this is our Dungeons and Daddies <laughs> moment, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, look, as I say, like if you're if you're a furry and you enjoy Sounds Like Adventure um, because of like, you know, our anthropomorphic animal characters that we have in there, like great, love that, awesome, good on you. Um, but no, unfortunately, no, we're not furries. Um, Did you and- say unfortunately? I did, maybe it's unfortunate to some folks. I, I'm not going <laughs> to... Uh, maybe they were hoping and I'm, I'm not going to... Sh- well, I am shattering their dreams right now, but I will say it is unfortunate um, for those folks who were hoping that they were... Like, you know, Chai's so hilarious. Imagine if he was a furry on top. How great would that be? Like, that's that's what they're thinking. <laughs> Next one. Jacob. These two seem like they were kind of uh, targeted at one person individually. You can never imagine who that is. Who would it be? Um, uh, So uh, Baba Faletti asks, is it just tea in general that you're not fond of or is it just certain flavours? And what did Crispy also ask? I was just about to say, and then Crispy asked, uh, what's the go-to coffee tea drink? So obviously this is coming, people are coming at me. People are coming at daddy at the moment. You know, people think they've, they're, they're people getting big for their boots. They decide to come in, see if they can do it. They'll be talking about egg sandwiches soon. They'll be making fun of egg sandwiches. And I will not stand for that kind of slander. Look, I just don't like tea, okay, guys? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't like tea. It's not for me. It's not my cup of tea, if you will. Um, it's just like not good. And I don't get it. Um, but I will say uh, I have come around to coffee recently. Um, I'm now a coffee guy. Uh, I have, hey, a, I have I mean, my own did... espresso machine. I, I make my coffees in the morning. It's great. I love what? it. Coffee's good. Oh, what a Go what to a the vending turn. machine in Japan. Go, go, get a, go get a morning shot from the vending machine. I, okay, so hang on. When you go to the vending machine, though, are you getting a warm coffee or are you getting like Yeah, yeah, the... get a hot coffee. Got to get, uh, it. You gotta okay, get so a hot not, coffee. You're not getting uh, like the Boss coffees or anything like that? I get a hot Boss coffee. I, I'm not afraid. I don't, I don't care. They in Japan, you can get cans of hot coffee. Um, That's cool. uh, yeah, like it, you go to DM Jack T on Instagram, check it out. I go and do a, I go and and order uh, a coffee from a vending machine. <laughs> That's a strong word. It's a strong use of order, isn't it? <laughs> when you just press yeah. a button on a vending machine. Um, yes. I would prefer hot boss over cold boss too. That's true. Um, so yeah, I get uh, I'll get the morning shot is very good. That's like just a little little boss coffee size can, and it's very strong. So you get a get a quick kick out of it. So me on the other hand, I have like I, I stopped drinking energy drinks because it's just an obscene amount of sugar, and I feel like trash. So I decided that I went and got like one of the not G fuel, the Australian one. It's just like a powdered caffeine, basically, but it's sugar free. 
So, <laughs> do it, do it. It's not matter. You put it straight in your nose, <laughs> and like you just like fly. It's amazing. So, but uh, it also it works out to like fifty cents a day, as opposed to like six or seven bucks for a Red Bull. So, I'm saving money. Wow, I'm a man of culture. What do you, what do you have a new cultural icon, Chai? I'm the only one of us three that's not like from from the British Isles in some degree. And I drink tea. My name is Chai. My favorite tea is Chai. I'm also semi-addicted to chocolate almond milk. So I have my Chai with chocolate almond milk. You had me all the way up until the almond milk and, and immediately dropped off. You didn't have me at all. <laughs> like Aussie milk just doesn't work for me. Like I grew up in the Alps, Switzerland, Southern Germany. It's like the milk is delicious. And here it's not. New Zealand milk is pretty good though. Get off this bloody call, <laughs> mate. What a you uh, dissing <laughs> our milk and giving credit to the Kiwis. <laughs> oh, mate. Could you say anything more offensive to Australians in this moment? You'll be talking about their pies being better than our pies in a second. It's probably because Kiwis invented the puffalova. <laughs> They're just shaking their heads. <laughs> I won't be I won't be drawn into this kind of nonsense behavior. <laughs> Obviously targeting Australians right now. This is anti-true blue behavior. This is false blue right now. Fake blues. No. <laughs> Fake blues right now, everybody. <laughs> but let's move on from this. Um, so second last question. Um so uh, Damien from Little Warrior Shields, um, he asks, how did you guys come up with the character race and class combo that you got to with, with Otis and Seok? Um, so Chai, let's go to you first. Um, how did you come up with these characters? Like we, you, like after the Fandelbo thing, you like set up a, a one shot for us. As so like, I create whatever characters you want. And so Jacob and I, we were like talking came up with some crazy ideas. And we had this amazing idea about like this little guy, like tiny little guy that lives in like a top hat house and gets carried around by like his employee servant, which is like a really big guy. Which is why I started using a Loxodon because I was like, it needs to be a really big guy having a little <laughs> guy in his hat. So it's going to be like a pixie or something. Yeah. So like the big guy never talks when the little guy's out because like he's just like the the brawn whatever when but whenever he's got a break like he's actually quite <laughs> quite like the sociable character and stuff so it's just like he plays so we had a great idea there it was like amazing but it would have been like really hard to pull off and like because like one character's always like stuck to the other character you can't like really so you guys were planning on being these two characters. One of you guys was going to be the guy who lived in the hat and the other guy was going to carry the, the other one around? Yeah, well, that's why I chose a Loxodon because I chose a Loxodon to be a big guy to carry the guy around in his hat. Um, and then, and then the, so the Loxodon got grabbed from there. And then we decided that that was going to be too hard to pull off. It's like One Piece, man. Like, what kind of character is that? And then, and, and then the little guy was supposed to be like a little mafia boss as well. So he was going to have like big cigar and stuff. Yeah, like always, always suck on a big cigar as big as him. And like whenever he had the ash gets long, like he, he just like the big guy just holds up his hand, like gets the ash into his hand, like an ashtray. Kind of like that, yeah. 
and, and then and then we decided that was too hard to pull off. And then that somehow slowly devolved into Chai making Seok. Um, and then we discussed that we were going to be brothers um, as well. It came up with the Runei as well and that we were part of an organization because um, you told us that we were infiltrating something and we were like, okay, well, let's, let's go down that route and be investigators. Um, and so we come up with the whole Runei, a reason why we're investigating and we just thought it would, would be really funny to reference each other as brothers, even though we're a cat and an elephant and it would confuse people and we'd have constant argument, uh, constant arguments over whether we were a herd or a, um, a pride, a pride or yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which has never come up again. No, never. We, we got very far away from that idea. Gosh, that's so funny. So for, for context for the, for people listening, so this campaign was um, basically, I mentioned this in the last episode that I wanted to do something with very little prep. I wanted to try and do something that had almost no prep. So I had some scenarios and characters and I had characters. I, I went hard on coming up with like motivations and, and ideas for all the characters so I could just role play them all really easily through throughout any scenario. But the bit was basically you guys got invited to this like soiree at that that this weird event um and it was being run by a guy who is like a noble of the city of ethel grove called fancy pants dancing was his name um and the idea was that he was like insane out of his mind and he says that he has recently been diagnosed with a terminal illness which he hadn't actually been diagnosed with a terminal illness he was under a curse and there was somebody pretending to be him um but anyway he said that he'd been recently diagnosed with a terminal illness and that he was doing this competition to um give away all his wealth, all his riches and his mansion, the, the place that the adventure was being conducted in. And then the way to win the, the competition was to kill everyone else in the mansion, it was to be the only people left standing. And the, and the bit that like sells it, he, he is, and just so you know, I'm serious. And he puts his hands up and murders everyone in the mansion with lightning bolts, except for you and like four, Four other main contenders that I had decided who were going to be uh, the fight. So yeah, we had that first session. You guys were not equipped for combat at all. No, we we had to like we when we started properly recording. Me and Chai both had to uh, had to completely <laughs> rework Otis and Seok being like, oh, they need to they need to be able to hold their own <laughs> because I Otis had nothing. Like I I could like punch people or smack people with my staff and that was that was it <laughs> um should, should i tell you a little secret Sirk is still same like you were just like yeah it's fine Sirk still barely <laughs> can do any combat um he's useless but yeah, he's great got lots of cutting actions um so um yeah, so that we do that first session and it still has a fair bit of combat and we're trying to, try to get through. You guys are rolling with the punches. You guys managed to roll really well, just like 
wreck these dudes that you had no no right to be able to beat like how much stronger they were than you guys we did also recruit a lot of people exactly yeah that's the other thing is you like recruited half the guards in <laughs> who are left alive in fancy in fancy pants dancing's mansion and um then sent them to their dance yeah and then had <laughs> them do them a lot of fighting for you dudes like donkey doug and pill boy um <laughs> who were na- named after um characters from the good place um but yeah that uh also if you're listening that's the audio that we lost that's the audio that went away um and is yeah despite it going away is very very funny um to no, we still to. got the 15 minutes like pre yeah yeah the little <laughs> like, the little sample i made that was of our, like, like a, our, our pilot episode yeah, proof of concept uh, yeah yeah um and yeah then we come back to second session and i'd learned my lesson and i uh gave you guys a lot more rp to work with from there <laughs> basically one very easy fight to do um so yeah that was a lot of fun uh but let's get to the final question here uh chai let's go to you on this one all right. Um, so that's also from Socio Cerebral. And his question is, the menagerie fight scene was brilliant. What made you conceptualize that setup? Made sure to uh, include that first part of the sentence um, there so I can just receive some praise at the beginning of this. It's always <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> no, thank you very much, Socia Cerebral, for a great question um, and some very kind words. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wish there was a better answer to this one. Um, but, like, you know, museum, uh, what's a, what's a exhibit inside a museum is the dinosaur skeleton. So yeah, you got to find a dinosaur skeleton. If you're in a museum, you got to, you, it's Chekhov's, Chekhov's gun in some ways. If it's there, you got to do it. You got to fight it. You got to deal with it. Um, so that felt like a real no brainer. Um, but yeah, for anyone who's interested, basically, um, this stat box, like straight out of the monster manual, um, there is a triceratops, um, stat block in the monster manual. Um, I gave it reduced health because of of um, the fact that it was an old skeleton. Um, so I thought that made sense that it wouldn't have the full health of like a full physical triceratops. Um, and then it had certain gates that it passed. Really only one gate where like one of the legs snapped where this isn't really like a mechanic that's within D&D itself that doesn't really allow for this and you sort of, you find this quite a bit when you start wanting to do specific things. You have to sort of like create your own rules um, and a rule that I do is like, yeah, when health reaches certain milestones, certain things happen, which then have like actual impacts on the creature itself. And that's so important for what we are doing because, you know, you guys are two people um, and I am not giving you a whole bunch of extra actions in combat. I'm not letting you do a whole bunch of bonus stuff that's against the main rules of D&D unless it's like a specific story beat and I want something to happen. Um, so to allow for that, we need to find ways to make the combat more cinematic, more visceral, more exciting where different things happen. Otherwise, like, yeah, like if I just put that triceratops up there with full health, um, and like none of those health gates, like you guys would have just got creamed. Like that thing, like at points it was hitting for like such absurdly large amounts of damage. Like when it got that, 
full attack on you. Like it got the full run, hit you and then hit and then got the stomp attack again. And I'm just rolling those dice just like, please don't hit. Like, please don't go over the AC. And it's going over and it's like, okay, please, not much damage. It's like, oh, he's got one health. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, and, we, and, and we know that I have the forever curse of like, oh, I've got this brilliant idea on how to use this ability. And I'm like, yeah, no, this is going to be great. I'm going to do this. And then I roll terribly every (laughs) single time, even in our personal games that we've played over the years. The ideas are always there. It's just the execution that's not. (laughs) I think it's super funny. But it is it is very funny. It's great uh, organic storytelling that you only get from uh, tabletop games. From my terrible luck. (laughs) Yes. So everything works out. And then where it really counts... Note. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 absolutely no good. not. So um, let's. That's the last question for um, today. So uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up our Q and A series for this period of um, bonus episodes. So we're racing up to the release of uh, the next season. Um, so what? Where are we at? So we're coming out on the twenty third for that. So the next two weeks, we're not going to have episode releases coming out. We may have a few little bits and pieces um, appearing in the feed, but they're not going to be full episodes, that's for sure. So uh, keep an eye out on that. But basically, yeah, the 23rd, we're going to be back um, with episode one of uh, season two of Sounds Like Adventure. Find out more about the Macumbras. Yeah. But before I let you guys go, I want to show you guys one thing. So... I have some Christmas presents coming for you guys. I know. Um, and I planned on sending them before I left Australia. Didn't get my act together. Made it to Japan. And I'm super glad I didn't because I found some stuff in Japan that I'm going to send you. So Chai quite often talks about his, like, skills as a spiceman. Um, he can handle the spice better than most. I can. There is a spicy noodle in Japan, a spicy instant noodle that is extremely well regarded um, in terms of the fact that it has a warning on there in terms of how spicy it is. And last time I was here, I went looking for them, wasn't able to find them. But the good news is I have been able to find them. Nice. And here it is. That's a fancy looking box. Oh, what? Oh, they're the big, yeah, we, we talked about this. A while ago, yeah. So this isn't like mega tier spicy um, in terms of like this brand has even spicier variations where the color of this man's face changes to blue and <laughs> uh, tears start rolling down his face as the as it gets spicier and spicier. But what I can tell you is that this warning here, I had my um, wife translate it for me, um, and it roughly translates to uh, warning. If you eat this, you will cry. Um, so this is going to come along with Christmas presents, and I think we need to we need to eat these. We need to record. We need to record us all eating this. Uh, I I think we've got. I, th- uh, I think you're probably going to cry the next toilet visit after. You eat <laughs> <laughs> it's got yeah. Cries going in, cries coming out. <laughs> I'm a tunnel of fire. <laughs> um. Yeah, I love it. It's like a good cleansing. Yeah. Maybe we can attach it to like a roll or something. Like if you guys get a, if you guys roll a nat one, you're going to have some spicy noodles. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good idea. I like that. We have to have an eating, like eating competition in game. So that way it's. It's real. Yeah. 
All right. Well, oh, that to look forward to. We'll talk more about it soon. But these are coming um, in, in addition with some other stuff as well. Um, but no, thanks for listening to the last episode of our uh, Q&A series. This is going to be the last bonus episode that we have in our episode break. Um, so we'll be gone for a, for a couple of weeks. Make sure you take a look at uh, the table business if you haven't had a listen already because we will have episodes going up for that. And we're doing a few more episodes than usual uh, while we have this episode break going on so if you you need to get your sounds like adventure fix still um head over there take a listen we're interviewing some really great uh independent creators who are doing some awesome work in the tabletop space and of course if you still have questions feel free to ask us well we still want questions that's yeah uh this isn't going to be the last one of these episodes so uh yeah feel free that's we're always open for them Great. In, yeah. Um, in fact, uh, the link on our website uh, will be in the show notes. That's going to stay live uh, for forever, essentially. So if you want to submit a question to us, just click the link in the show notes and um, you'll be able to submit a question there. Um, and every now and then we'll solicit questions on Instagram and stuff like that. But if you just have something that just pops into your head randomly, just chuck it over there and uh, we'll get it. But with all that in mind, we'll catch you next season for season two of Sounds Like Adventure.